Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Today, we are sitting down. We are chatting with Across the Crick Nick. Um, that's his Instagram handle, which I think is genius. I love like the art of the uh, the online name. You know, some of them are super lame, like a Bigfoot, um, and other ones are awesome, like Across the Crick Nick. <laughs> Um, but anyways, we're sitting down, we're talking with Nick, uh, Cherry today. Nick is an ultra runner who I crossed paths with, um, a few years ago at the Boonville Backroads Ultra. Um, but I've also gotten the chance to sit down, interview him. This is kind of the sequel podcast, the follow-up. We did a podcast, uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, and he's just an awesome, awesome dude. I think he gets it. Uh, you know, he, he's just fully kind of thrown himself in to this sport with just full heart, full passion, um, you know, just diving in and, and treating it as a growing experience, which is really cool. So much so that he actually started his own race, uh, called the broken anvil ultras. Um, it was ran actually um, af- between now and when we recorded the podcast. He actually did his second year, his second running of it. It is in the format of Big's Backyard Ultra. Um, the whole idea of like a four mile loop um, that you line up and do every hour until there's one person standing. I mean, it just sounds like an awesome time and uh, has definitely piqued my interest because it is nearby my hometown in kind of eastern Iowa area. So um, in this episode, we talk about what Nick's been up to since we last spoke, what races he's done, what he's learned from it, um, some of the travels he's had. Uh, And then I really wanted to hear about the Broken Anvil Ultras uh, how it went for that first year, what it's like being a race director um, for an event like that and and things of that nature. Um, like I said, I just really connect with him. He's a, he's an awesome dude. He's a dad. He's a busy man. Uh, and he fits time to do this crazy sport, which is always inspiring. And that's one of the things I love is the seemingly ordinary people with ordinary lives who also do these extraordinary and really difficult challenges. Um, So yeah, let's get right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 209 with Nick Cherry. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, I accidentally messed that up. I said 209. We are actually 100 episodes past 209. Uh, This is Like a Bigfoot podcast number 309 with Nick Cherry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week, uh, super excited to um, bring Nick Cherry back on the podcast. And uh, I just remember the first time we chatted, like I had such, like I was so excited afterwards, man. Like I feel like we're somewhat on the same same wavelength when it comes to like why people do these ultra crazy running events and stuff. Absolutely, man. Must be that Midwest vibe there. It has to be. It has to be the Midwest vibe. But well, so since then, you've obviously like you ran a whole bunch more races, kind of dive deeper into the sport. Um, And not only that, but you 
hosted your own event, uh, which I definitely want to hear about. But yeah, yeah, can you give us like give us a little update about what's gone on over the last summer for you? Yeah, um, beginning of the year, we, uh, me and my wife went out to Arizona. I ran the Black Canyon, um, kind of a dream event. It was epic. I mean, it was so it was so cool. It was got to met meet some heroes, you know, That's some so ins cool. inspirations. That was that was neat. Dude, um, okay, so we'll have to start. We'll start there, and then we'll jump sure. back in. Um, I want to hear about the race, but I I just had that same experience. Um, I went to Leadville and kind of cheered on the runners uh, cool. at one of the aid stations, and there were so many people there who I had interviewed or talked to or knew about through you know kind of being a fan of ultra running and and it was really cool and i think that kind of is something that makes this sport unique is you do get to meet your heroes and not only meet them but you get to compete against them which is pretty right. cool. yeah so like tell me about it who'd you meet yeah so packet pickup we went to black canyon city and uh howie stern you know he's he's just off the top it's just so crazy these people are i'm starstruck they're just normal humans you know but to me it's like oh my goodness but the the bellis brothers um out in arizona they I, they've just been an inspiration from day one for me and they're very recognizable you know uh so i i, I just went up to them like hey guys you guys are huge inspiration and they they're just as chill as you know what they seem like and they uh and just running against all those that that top elite athletes is just a different feeling, a whole different vibe that, um, it's why I signed up again. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was just electric. It was, it was neat. That's really cool, man. What, uh, what like qualities do you like, what qualities inspire you about someone, you know, like if you meet somebody who's an athlete or something, like what, what are the qualities you like look up to? Sure. Um, I think first, first and foremost, I just, if they're, motivation is to inspire also you know like uh, there's some athletes that just keeps themselves and that's cool that's fine but yeah. like other ones that just especially in ultra running push the sport for, forward with um inspiring stuff of their own and then just the willingness to them share their training share their you know low points all all of that stuff so the vulnerability and the 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 passion that that's what that excites me probably the most meeting anybody let alone just in the in the running space yeah yeah man i think that's huge though like i think vulnerability is a trait that i don't know if how you feel but me growing up it wasn't really pushed upon like you know i was no. part of the football team like you don't want to be vulnerable if you're part of the football team and stuff but um but I do feel like that is a trait that we need to kind of like emphasize in people. Absolutely. I mean, humility's first and foremost, what I've found to be, I mean, you got to have it when you're, when you're doing these endurance things. Um, Cause the minute you think you got something figured out, something else pops up. And, and that's kind of what I love the most about it is you've got to adapt everything to, to get everything out of yourself. And, being able to be on the same level and continue to grow. And the more I get into it, the more respect I have for the guys who've done it for years or make a living doing it. And yeah. it's not just like they're in it for fun. I mean, I'm in it because I, I love it and it is fun and you find more in yourself, but these people are, um, 
I mean, on top of the mentality, they're, they're, they're freaks of nature, some of them. And it's, and it's fun to get inside their brain and at like Black Canyon, just to even race alongside them, even if it was for a minute or two, even around <laughs> the mayor track before they uh, shot away, you know, but uh, yeah, that just the humbleness that the sport brings is um, and the passion, you know, that's what drives me to do what I'm doing. Yeah, man. Well, it breaks you down. Like it has to bring the humbleness, you know, like there's no other way around it. It just breaks you down by the end. Yeah. Yeah. What, what'd you think? Like, so going out to the desert, was that, you know, me, like, obviously I have an affection for the desert. Uh, was there like a little part of you? Like, was that kind of your first experience running through there or was that something you were pretty stoked about? It it was my first experience. I mean, I've gone out to Arizona. I've had much like you, I've had a, a longing for the, I love the Southwest. I went out there a few years ago and just fell in love with it. Just the, the frontier quality of it. The, yeah. You know, the, just the nostalgia of it all. And then actually getting to run in that, that atmosphere through those mountains. It was, um, it, I mean, it's the most beautiful thing I ever saw. I mean, I was really focused on racing. I had goals and stuff, but there was two or three times where I just stopped and I had to stop and just see, I mean, you don't see that in the Midwest ever. And it was, it was a beautiful day. It got, it got pretty hot. Like it was 75 or so, which there, it felt like 90 and I, and I'm Midwest guy. I'm running. I take my shirt off at the first aid station. And um, that's a, that's a whole story. Like shouldn't have done that, but you live and you learn, you know, like, but it was, uh, it was the most beautiful race I've ever been a part of to date. Yeah. Can you kind of describe, I don't know, man, I, it's hard for me to even describe. So I feel bad asking you, but like when you're way out there in the middle of nowhere, specifically in the desert though. And I think there's something to do with like, you can see for miles and miles and miles, but like, what, how, how did that, how does that make you feel? Like, I don't know. I don't want to put ideas in your head, but I know for me, it's, it's this feeling. It's almost hard to describe, but it's really important for me. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it, it got scary for a, a little bit there towards the middle. Cause I mean, in ultras, you spread out and I was, I was by myself yeah. for, a good portion, but just knowing that, um, there's just a group of people that are experiencing the same thing on different levels. Some people live there and they take it. I'm not saying they take it for granted. I think most people don't that, that do what we do endurance sports. But, um, for me, especially not being able to see that, I mean, it, it's special. And I like keeping that uh, a lot of that to myself. I mean, well, you know, I mean, filming, filming in the desert i mean a lot of the video and stuff you shot was inspiring to me like i'm, I'm signing up i'm doing it i, I want to experience this you know like it was uh it's almost like ethereal it's it's uh, something that um i gain perspective on like i uh, this is going to sound like bigger than what it is but like my perspective forever will be changed after things like that like the way i look at things are problems are just a little bit easier knowing that the beauty of that's out there and knowing that um being fit enough to run that whole thing like I don't take that for granted like having the ability to train and I have a full-time career two kids wife and it all is working out to the point where I get to do these things and I'm going to do it while I can yeah um so just knowing the the magnitude of how big these things are and uh 
enjoying them as much as I can while also trying to be a little competitive. I mean, that's kind of in my nature from, from the beginning of just sports in general, you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, how did the race go for you? Uh, well, it went not, not how I wanted it to, but after I processed it, um, it's probably the realistic outcome of what, what happened. I mean, I, I got a little, I got, a, I wanted them to get top 50. I, th- I got 65th. Um, and I was, uh, cruising along. I mean, that course is all downhill pretty much till you hit the, the halfway point. And then, I mean, all the research I did was this is where the real race starts. This is where <laughs> this is where it happens. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling awesome. This is going to be great. And that's when it started heating up. I made the mistake of trying to rush to one of the main aid stations with the longest stretch ahead of me with only one water bottle. And uh, that's the scariest I've ever been. And not in terms of like, I'm going to DNF, but in terms of <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to call someone to come get me. Like I am, I'm, I'm dizzy. There's no shade. Like it was, it was kind of, and it was at the point where I was, it was one person every two miles or so. So yeah, I was like, I just got to get to the next aid station and eat food, calories, you know, get, get a, get ahead of this. And, and it ended up working out, but, and, and it got to the point where I was like, I don't even care. I'm finishing this. Like my mindset went from top 50 to holy shit, you survived that big mistake. <laughs> so now you just can cruise. Um, but I mean, you live and learn. And I, I know now, uh, next year, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, it's funny. Cause like, that's a small decision, you know, like I'm right? just going to cruise through this aid station, no big deal. And that small decision. And that's kind of another thing that's about ultra running and stuff that I enjoy is like the small decisions matter. Like they big do time. matter because eventually they're going to build up into like these big consequences and what a great analogy for life like you know the small stuff really does ultimately matter but that's insane yeah to be out there in the desert and it's hot and not to have water uh it's just it brings you this human appreciation for for water you know (laughs) which we're (laughs) lucky enough we get water like we can get you know it's something to think about like me and you like we can just go to the tap and get water whenever we want and there are people who don't have that option and until you actually experience going without it's hard to really even comprehend like how big of a struggle that could be well and you bring up a good point that this is going to segue but this is something i when I go to the, everyone goes to you know, the pain cave or they're, when they start thinking, um, why am I doing this? Um, yeah. why, why? Uh, and th- those are things that come up or like people are <laughs> without water, like legitimately living day by day, knowing, wondering if they're going to get water where I'm out here paying money to run. I'm out w- without water. And then your brain starts thinking like all these things, like anything it can tell you to give up, like, you're doing this. Why are you doing this? You could be helping out or you just go to a weird place and you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. So, um, for me to, and that's where you find, I guess the answers of questions you don't know yet when I'm out there, uh, running on those. And that, that's what I probably gain the most from and look forward to the most. I mean, right now I'm saying that. And then when it's in the moment, (laughs) you don't want to be there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. 
but Dude. that you bring up a good point about about uh well it just reminded me of some things when you brought up the water point yeah man and i mean to that point that specific point it like helps you build empathy because you're like oh okay now because otherwise i may not have had that experience and i wouldn't i wouldn't know that but dude i love i wrote down that's when you find out the answers to questions you don't know yet i'm like that's (laughs) genius that's a genius saying you should put that on your race like race t-shirts or something there you go (laughs) get ready guys you're gonna find some answers (laughs) the questions you don't even know you have <laughs> right now that's amazing strap man. in <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what is that though for you like what do you draw upon and obviously like i know for each event it's probably different but do you have some like in general like some whys that you kind of draw from in those tough moments uh, i try to keep things as simple as possible and not overthink things all the way from training to to a race and yeah you know, and I tell my, my, um, my coming up, well, the broken anvil thing, I keep coming up with slogans and things to get people to sign up. And it just hit me like Nike really got away with getting an awesome slogan. Cause that's really all I think <laughs> about is like, just, just do the thing. Like, yeah. don't think too much. If, if you're feeling okay, or you're feeling awful, odds are you're not going to die. J- just keep going. Just, just, just do, just do it. I mean, and even in training, like if I've signed up for something, it's, uh, I don't feel so good. It's like, well, you know what? You might not feel so good at any point. Just if it's an awful workout, it's still one that, that happened, you know, just, just get your feet moving, you know? Yeah. I think you could steal, just do, I think you could do, just do the thing and Nike can't like write you a cease and desist letter. You're like, it's just different enough. It's the same (laughs) idea, guys. It's the same idea. No, man, that's like, that's a good one to have and for me like i'm a simple guy so like the more the simpler terms i can put things or simpler concepts those are the ones that even the lessons that i learned through this like the simple ones are the ones that actually stick and i'm like whoa yeah like if you put one foot in front of the other you get to the finish line what (laughs) (laughs) it's so true though (laughs) it's it it is you know to mantras that's one thing that this this whole running world's opened up for like my children yeah you know they're so moldable right now and their their minds are racing every day before school or before they go to a big event or uh they get nervous before they i just got them into wrestling for the first year before they before they do anything they're they're getting these nerves they've never had in their life yeah and you just want to shut down when you feel like that and i've you know i from wim hoff it's strong happy healthy he says the rest is BS. The rest is bullshit. So, and I make that, that's, they know that to tell me that every single day that to be strong, happy, healthy, and love conquers everything. Like if you're questioning anything, love's your answer. Yeah. And then if you're strong, happy, and healthy, and that, that's me. I mean, that's my perspective is keep it simple for them. And if you're those three things, then balance is somewhere within you. If yeah. you're not one of those, you need to, you know, lean on one of those. And that, and that might, that'll adapt over time. But right now it's, and they might not even know. I think they're just pumped about the memorization of saying it. But one day, one day, maybe they'll be like, yeah, strong, happy, healthy. That's my, that's my thing. They'll get to be like, that was dad. Like that was dad. And like, that was his thoughts and that was right? his ideas. And that's, I don't know, man, that's like what you pass on to the kids that they carry with them and hopefully like with positive messages like that, like hopefully that's something they're able to pass on, you know? 
but that's awesome dude you know their teachers like where are you getting these quotes they just come in with <laughs> random quotes every day we, we live in a small enough community everyone knows they got the weird dad i mean <laughs> I, I, i'm out there in our in our area so man i want to go to a small i want to be in a smaller community because i want to be the weird dad you know yeah. are you just doing like burpees at soccer practice and like <laughs> <laughs> no, no i actually got conned into being the coach i never played soccer in my life for him last year and i'm like i'll help out but i will not be the head coach first day of practice like you're the only one I'm like <laughs> All right, let's just have some fun. Kick the ball in the Wait. goal. <laughs> How old? How old? Oh, they're like uh, first and second grade. So Perfect. I mean, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have this conversation really quick. Five minutes. Sure. First grade soccer coach. I did it too. I made the mistake of also saying I would coach. And oh my goodness. There was like, because I'm like, I'm a teacher. Like I can get them all fired up which is great, but I didn't realize if I get first graders fired up, you can't calm them back down that easily. <laughs> and so I was like, Whoa, what is going on? And at one point I look up, I have like eight kids on my team, like six of them are just rolling around on the ground. And I'm like, what is happening right now? It's <laughs> chaos, dude. So yeah, I want to hear a, a soccer coaching misadventure real quick or lesson learned from you. <laughs> well, it, it turned, luckily they're only like half hour games. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so and that's all it is a time limit. The rules are very loose. And I was fortunate enough to have one of the kids' dads that actually was great at soccer help out. He just kind of was in the background, but could help me out with actual actual soccer things. <laughs> but it got to the point where it was like the last 10 minutes, because we had like 13 people on each team, so yeah. even more to corral. But it was like everybody in, just everybody in, kick whatever. And I mean, the parents love that. And, and it, it, it turned into everyone had fun. I don't know how yeah. much soccer they learned, but they probably <laughs> went out the next year. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. I also remember age, sure. it was so hot one game. It was so freaking hot. Just like my kids are about to start soccer tomorrow. So I'm like, it's supposed to be 95 degrees. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> and it was so hot. And at one point, the ice cream truck drove by like the street and playing the music and everything. It's like, oh, no. And all the kids on both teams just stopped and looked at the ice cream truck for like a brief second. And then they looked at the coaches like, can we just get ice cream? What are we doing? And then I was like, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm with you. And then they started playing again. I was like, that was ridiculous, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's about my level of soccer knowledge, though. Once we get past first grade, there's no more. I don't think yep, I can... that's the end for me. <laughs> yeah that's awesome man well so um yeah so you went and you did black canyon ultras um and then any any other big events this summer you've been racing a lot dude and i'm gonna be honest like i have not been my last race was in september last year and it's september now almost yeah and so i'm like definitely getting the itch and i'm getting envious and all that stuff i want to get back out um and sign up for something so what other kind of things have you been doing yeah. So after that, then I, I got, I think I have to, oh man, three or four races this year. And I did them all really early, February and then April and then June. So yeah. I did a hundred K and then a 50 miler on a pretty tough course in Illinois city. You might be familiar with where that's at. Yeah. yeah. Right across the road from Muscatine. Yeah. There's a um, hundred, there's a hundred K there. No, no, no. I did the hundred K black Canyon 50 miler there. Okay. Um, What's what like park is that in? Uh, it's in Loud Thunder Forest Preserve. Okay. 
And, <laughs> I was hoping it, you'd say that. And it was uh, a 13 mile looped course. So you did, um, I mean, that's a momentum buster. That was a tough, and there was some pretty, there was a couple people who ran Western States in it. So it was like an awesome no way uh, field to, yeah. to be a part of. I got to share some stories with some guys. Uh, a couple of them actually ran in it before, but um, so we did that one. Um, then I ran. I have to Go tell ahead. you a quick loud thunder nature preserve story. Okay. Okay. This, I have to look it up though for a second. So um, I'm, cause I'm like 90% sure uh, I know the story of this. Um, let me see. Oh man. I don't know if I'm going to get it. Okay. I'm going to just tell you what I think I remember, <laughs> but like five or six years ago, some guy like escaped from jail in Muscatine, uh, where I'm from or the quad cities or something like that. Um, and, uh, hold on. I, I have to look it up. I know it's on, I know it's a news story somewhere. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the headline. It says loud thunder coyotes help nab muscatine fugitive. So <laughs> this dude escaped from, uh, oh man, it's gonna make me sign up. This dude escaped from jail and somehow made his way across the, um, across the, uh, bridge in Muscatine over to Illinois across the Mississippi river. Um, I know there's like interesting details though. Hold on. Okay. And oh yeah. And he was, it must've been like, he didn't escape from jail. He escaped when they took him to the hospital. So he's wearing the hospital gown and all that, oh, but he's man. an inmate. He somehow gets out, runs across the bridge, gets into the loud thunder forest preserve. And, uh, I don't know how long this happened, but basically what happened was he got surrounded by wild coyotes and then somehow made a phone call. I don't know how any of these details work. This is a terrible reporting by me, but made a phone call to 911, like terrified because he was surrounded by coyotes. Uh, and then they went and like arrested him. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah, Jeez, I don't know the details wild. of it or anything, but uh, but yeah, that's like the famous loud thunder preserve story, um, you know, in Muscatine. <laughs> so. Well, now uh, I'll probably continue to run that one. I like it. It's put on pretty good. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna think about now. It's like I got to get done before sundown every time. <laughs> like I ain't sticking out here for wild dogs. <laughs> that's a crazy story you gotta you should do the ultra in a hospital gown in honor of this guy oh okay <laughs> there's an idea there's an idea but yeah <laughs> tell me tell me about that one that's a cool area like i i love the whole mississippi bluffs and you know it's yeah. it's not what you imagine what a lot of people imagine when they think of iowa or the midwest it's not you know the cornfields or the flat rolling hills it's like bluffs and like caves and stuff like that yeah yeah i mean that was like i said it's like a momentum buster almost almost to a point of cruelty <laughs> uh j just you never really get going and that part of the the lure to it but um yeah, i ended up getting fourth out of a pretty stacked field um and got to share some miles with and, and get gain some insight with some pretty veteran athletes and yeah it was uh it was cold it, it was like i think the high that day was 40 something but it was also ended up being beautiful when the sun came out but That's um amazing so we tackled that one and then i did the crater trail 50k 
And um, where's that? That's in Decorah. Okay. At, uh, what is that preserve there? Drift. It used to be the Driftless Discovery Trail, but it okay. um, that was one of my first experiences in ultra. So that was another one I've gone to every year. And that one, I I, uh, I wanted to. I've never really tried to race like sprint, sprint, but run at like a really fast pace. And that 50k, I was I was feeling pretty fit, and I was like, let's just try to go fast. Yeah. And I wrecked myself. Like it was. <laughs> <laughs> my wife went with me, and I, when I got done, I laid down, and she was like, "Uh, you know, you're you'll be okay." And I like I couldn't even put my head up. I had such a bad headache for like the whole ride home. And then all of a sudden, I was good, but ended up getting second in that which was blew me out of the water expectation wise yeah. so um but that was about as short as i wanted to go because then i signed up for this the two a 200 mile race so what um, i just decided not not that these other distances were boring but i missed what that felt like like when yeah. i was training for that 100 miler like that that element of i don't know if i can do it like yeah. really don't know if i can do it yeah like the, these other ones, it's like, I've, I've got fit enough to where I know that I'll, I'll be able to finish them. Um, and, I mean, they're not going to be easy and I could DNF, but I know that I'm capable of it. And this 200 miles, it's just racked my brain to, I've got to train completely different. I've changed my diet. Like it's, it's, it's starting to feel like how I wanted it to, you know, like yeah. that, that what, I, what, what's been missing, I guess. So, so that's next on that. So I've kind of felt like you have, I haven't raced since June which is a little shorter time than you, but yeah, I had been racing like every quarter almost. And this is the biggest gap I've had since I've got into it. So I'm, I'm getting a little itchy, but I know I'm training for this and it's, um, it's starting to mess with me. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not time yeah. to tell? So what's, uh, what's the 200 mile, uh, the cowboy 200. Okay. It's a inaugural race. Um, starts in norfolk nebraska okay and it runs to atkinson nebraska so point to point and it's got like i think two thousand feet of elevation total over okay. 200 oh, miles so it's, <laughs> and it's all crushed gravel so i'm like if i'm gonna do one i mean here we go like <laughs> no excuses on this flat you know during it's november 5th so i mean it could be it could Ooh. be anything yeah i mean I, I, I've looked at the historical weather, like hasn't snowed on that day. It's been anywhere from like a high of 30 to a high of 70. So I don't know, but yeah, but that, that's the next, I mean, that's the next big one, unless I sign up for something training for training in between there. Yeah. Is there any, um, not fear, but any, like you have to be aware of like, Hey, this is a multi-day event. Like, there has to be a different way of handling that versus a single day thing that you're used to. Is there any like thought about that? And like, how are you going to handle that or how yeah, are you planning that, on handling it? That's the, that's the, the biggest fear. Yeah. Exactly. Is that, I mean, I've, I've built this base in my opinion that can handle that. It's going to be all mental in my opinion and whether I'm really fit enough or not, that's what I'm telling myself. So I'm hoping that that won't be the crutch. It'll be, um, it'll, it'll be my mind because it's going to be, I've been, I've been getting up early trying to get sleep deprived a little bit to get used to, 
Uh, cause my goal is, that, I mean, I want to finish, obviously that's the goal is just, just finish 200 miles. I've never ran farther than hundred miler at Boonville. I mean, that was yeah. a couple of years ago. So, um, but I've got, I've got pace charts. I've got every aid station, what I want to do, what I think I, and it might all get thrown out the window. I don't know, but I'm tweaking it every day. Like I'll set aside a couple hours every week just to be by myself and look at like actually break down uh, seven miles here, 10 miles here. I got probably going to be three in the morning at 140 miles here. Yeah. How do you think you're going to feel in it? I don't know if I'm wasting my time because I'm probably going to get to that point. And I mean, I've never been there. So yeah, dude, that's amazing, man. I know, um, I have some friends who have done the 200 miles and they definitely, if you want to, I can maybe connect you to them oh, and they absolutely. can maybe give you some, you can pick their brains. Cause, um, they definitely, I don't know. Cause I know I've, I mean, here's the thing about the 200 miles from just even interviewing people on the podcast, like everybody has a different strategy and it doesn't seem to be like, there's one prescribed, like do this and this will work. Like it's so long and you know, every athlete's going to be different that every person going in had a different training strategy. Everyone had a different sleeping strategy, eating like all of that. Like, oh man, that's so cool, dude. That's, I love the idea of having this like element of failure or this, like, I want to have a fear a little bit about yeah. not being able to do it because that's what I, that's what I'm connecting to. And I think that's what I'm struggling with, with signing up for the next event. Like I just haven't found one that I'm, I mean, I have found them, but it's like logistics trying to figure out if I can actually make them happen, you know, but I want mm -hmm. something like that. I want something that there is that element of, I want the real possibility that I fail, I guess. Yeah. Well, you find one. I'm down to do it with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I have to ask this as an Iowan, are you interested in exploring Nebraska by foot? Is that part of it? You're like, I got to give a little bit of respect to Nebraska. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. well, you know, it's so funny growing up, like ever since I was like in junior high, it was like, we go to Colorado and to, to snowboard. And it yeah. was always, we got to drive through Nebraska. <laughs> it was boring place ever. So I laugh about it and I know I'm going to like, probably hate nebraska more after Ooh, this <laughs> i'm all down for that man like hating nebraska more okay <laughs> but but i am giving it respect because i mean i, I want to it, it's historical i mean the the trail itself was one of the oldest trails i guess cowboys used i haven't dove too much down that to be honest the reason i picked it is because it's relatively close i know yeah. it's a multi-day event logistically yeah. I, i'll need help and it's not that far really to, to get there um i mean it's not beautiful I mean, it's going to be beautiful in some way but it's not running through the bradshaws of arizona yeah <laughs> so, yeah so uh i mean well time will tell how how much i'll, I'll loathe nebraska or or have Learn a greater appreciation it. it'll right? be like um in the action you know in action movies where like a good guy has to fight another guy who's like also a good guy you know and then they like get into a little fight. This is like early on in the movie before they're friends, but they get into a fight and then they like just give each other this look like respect, you know? Yeah. You're like, I don't like you, but I respect you. That's what it's you're like going to be you. It's like cliffhanger. It's oh, like totally. Sylvester Stallone and yeah. uh, 
That one guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of his name. But he's I mean, the he's dude. In, yeah, he's in Walking Dead and like yep. Gardens of the Galaxy. Michael Rooker. Right. Michael That's Rooker. That's right. Yeah. 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 Him and Michael Rooker. Totally. Yeah. It's totally like a Michael yeah. Rooker situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shirt there. Michael Rooker situation. <laughs> and it's just going to say, I don't like you but I can respect you, you know, <laughs> that's amazing, man. Well, dude. Okay. So, uh, I do want to kind of like wrap up on broken anvil ultras. So this is super cool to me. Like, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because you've experienced these things as an athlete and then you had this motivation to like create your own event. So, yeah. and I know, I think we probably previewed it before the first time we did a podcast together, but kind of remind everyone like what is broken anvil ultras where is it um what kind of format is it and things like that yeah yeah so it's uh you know like uh it's a backyard ultra so um like if anyone's listening i mean big dogs would be the one that everyone would know where you, yeah. you run 4.167 miles every hour on the hour until there's only one person left um and to me it it was um, out of convenience because I, I, after watching, I mean, that's the awesome thing about social media is you can dive in and see everyone's recording everything. So you get to see race directing one-on-one, you get to see the behind the scenes and that almost sparks more of the excitement in me than, than running itself. Because um, I know what, what that does for me as a participant in those events, like yeah. it molds my life almost yeah. yeah and i want to do that for somebody and, and especially in southeast iowa there, there's just not that type of event around here and this is ability to i mean a 50k is, is daunting to anybody i don't I, I don't care how fit you are where you're at i mean it's more than a marathon so yeah. um and in this um you can run 4.1 mile and call it call it done and you, you win i mean realistically only one person wins so yeah. everybody's dnfing um and it's a community effort. Everybody's on the same page. Um, I think last year when we had it, five or six people emotional about getting their PRs, you know, that's amazing. making that ultra distance or even 16 miles or yeah. uh, 50 milers. I mean, that's stuff that, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps now. I'm talking about it, just fulfilling. And that, like almost all of those people are back again this year. So to me, that's like, I did it right. Or we did it right. It's not just me. It's a team, but like, and I'm looking forward to it. Like I am, I am absolutely pumped for uh, broken anvil in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So. And Taylor won, right? Taylor Ross. Taylor did win. Yeah. He had a big yeah. stick. I just remember I followed along that weekend and I just remember he had like a giant stick and he looked like Gandalf or something. Oh just... man. And, and the character that, I mean, all of them had their own character and he definitely brought, brought that game. I mean, he, he was having fun and, uh, he ended up going 75 miles, which pretty, I mean, that's impressive doing the same loop for that long uh, <laughs> over and over, but yeah, he won't, he won't be back this year. I think he's, he's got some other adventures on his plate coming up, but uh, it was nice for him to come down and entertain that event. Yeah, it was cool. For sure, man. That's cool. So I want to hear about this, like being somewhat of a, I mean, I know as the race director, you're definitely it's not the same as being a spectator. Like you're more involved in it and stuff, but you are watching these people and learning their stories. And 
um you know cheering cheering them along and you want them to succeed like that perspective i think for me anyways doing that you know over the last couple of years through doing this film is like it gave me a different perspective on ultra running like how did that change or shift your thoughts about the sport like doing being a race director or having a different perspective uh a much bigger appreciation for directors as a whole <laughs> i mean my event's small and the, the acreage and where you're running is small so that to manage isn't as difficult as like a point-to-point -point longer race but yeah also just the camaraderie you get like you're almost running you're driving the ship it's up it's up and especially in this format it's like it's up to me and my volunteers that we have to give them an experience to keep going like i made it light funny i didn't get too serious it was you know one more loop i mean it was just an ongoing joke the whole day it just transformed into this when you're done you're done i mean i was lots lots of lots of fist bumps lots of good job bro lots of you know it, i mean it was it was goofy at times but it, it's it ended up being extremely organic and it's what i wanted i mean yeah. so um and the weather was i think the high was like 75 so That's it was hard. like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to top that <laughs> <laughs> but everything lined up to uh kind of show me what what it can be which was it was pretty epic yeah what are there any lessons you learned from year one that you're going to bring into year two yeah i need more volunteers <laughs> that's for sure i thought for sure like i'm so pumped i'm i'm be um good and like i had all the volunteers that i did have come for the start of it yeah and you know like five six hours volunteering it's like oh, my shift's done i'm out and then when you get somebody running 75 miles i mean it ended at midnight and i was i was the only person there <laughs> on on and i was tired i mean yeah. i was like deep down like I'm like taylor you guys like i love your going like you gotta be done like i'm going to fall asleep <laughs> or i'm gonna have to call and wake my wife up and we're gonna have to switch so i definitely need to to up the volunteer game because that's yeah. something I totally overlooked because of just everything else. Like I wanted everything else to go so smooth. I just yeah. totally overlooked that aspect, but luckily no one planned on going 150 miles or else they would have had to just, I would have had to take their word for it. I would have been <laughs> out. <laughs> Dude. Uh, this is what I, this is why this is the best sport because he finished and he won the race and there's only like one or two other people there. Like, it's yeah. amazing. I just, I love that so much. That's always drawn me to it where you get to the finish line and, you know, I've done races where there's been just the race director and my wife and they give me a high five and, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And it's just a reminder of like, I wasn't doing it for like some weird finish line situation. Like I was right. doing it for me and my growth. And it's just a reminder of that because you, you're like, nobody cares about this thing. Like really no. no one does except the people doing it. And then they care a whole lot. Cause it's like somehow expanding their lives, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that brings up, you know, that having ran ultra distances, being a director for the, uh, for the first time, like knowing that that's not really, they don't care about the gimmicks and the, yeah. the things it's, it's more about pumping them up and you can do one more. I mean, we had some nice things. We had like a potluck and 
uh, the, the other cool thing is like a lot of them after they finished their, their two loops or three loops stuck around. Um, yeah. And the city that at the West Point was awesome to work with. So like they could have a couple beers in there while, while they're rooting on. Um, yeah. We had music going. I mean, it was too nice to go home. So that was too nice outside, you know? So um, just knowing that what they want out of it, because I mean, that's what we want out of it as an endurance event yeah. is to push your limit. It's not all the other little stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm trying to look up how far West Point is from Muscatine. Oh, geez. Um, I used to drive there for work, actually. Really? Like, yeah, every day. Oh, man, that's not far at all. No, no, it isn't. Oh, shoot, man. All right. Well, if you need volunteers, let me know. I might be able to call some folks who may be or may or may not be able to do it. Maybe help sure, out. Sure, I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> come on down. Get them, get them a shirt and some food. Yeah, man. What's Okay, so describe your course real quick because it is a four-mile, like, it's – it's the same course that they're running over and over again. So hype it up, hype up the course, like, you know, hype up Iowa for all the people out there, you know, yeah. like I, I love it. And I've obviously done a lot of episodes about Iowa and how amazing it is, but I don't think people understand it because when you drive through, you either fly over Iowa, right. And you don't get to see any of it or you're driving through. And a lot of times when people drive through, they're on like interstate 80. And that's not the best representation of what the state has to offer, you know? No, it's not. No. So, yeah, the course is in a Paul Miller Park uh, campground. It goes right through a campground. There's a lake there. There's a little beach. Um, I think there's 100 feet of elevation for four miles. <laughs> so it's like nothing. But there, I, it, it's a pretty much an out and back with a little lollipop. And they've got these tiny little trails that go through some woods that are just as, I mean, they're beautiful, but they're yeah. only like 0.1 miles long. So <laughs> I, I, I take them, they go like on some pavement and then they'll uh -huh. come back through the woods. Um, and it's all, I mean, a couple of them camp there. Um, I go out and I tell the people that are camping there, Hey, this event's going on. Um, kind of just to let them know, but even more so like cheer them on. They'll be coming through at 11 PM, maybe yeah. midnight. Like, yeah. um, it, the atmosphere is just really neat and it's all, That's it's cool. all within the, the state park. So there's not, there's not a traffic concern. There's not, uh, you're not really disrupting anybody. Yeah. Uh, and they come back to, uh, we start on the soccer field. Um, it's right by the baseball field. It's a complex. So, we get to use like their little snack hut as like nice. a headquarters. Yeah. And then um, the city's kind enough to let us, we turn on the lights. So they get, they get that, you know, that Friday night lights effect. Um, and they let us, if they want, they can camp. If the, if the ground's fine, they, they can camp right on the soccer field, which a lot of them that drove, there's a couple that drove from Minnesota um, that came the night before packet pickup and just stayed the night on the soccer field. So it was uh it's a unique situation being in this small community. We, I don't want to say get away with, but it's a lot easier to accommodate this neat event because of um, like, I know, I know personally the people at city hall, I know, yeah. you know, our kids are friends and it's <laughs> just, it's, it just makes it so, so easy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, so here's what I heard. Forest trails, gorgeous, right? Going through the yeah. forest beach. I heard beach lake yep 
and there's like a stand with food set up afterwards like that's amazing like what else do you need in a backyard yeah. ultra you know what i mean like you're getting different like views as you go and like i don't know man i that sounds way more appealing to me personally and i know people like these events but that sounds more appealing to me than like a track like you know how yeah. some people do the track like 24 hour races and things like i don't think my brain could handle it that would but, be a mental that would be tough but this one i'm like oh you get a change of things like as you go about it like that sounds amazing in a campground with people who are probably have probably never like i'm assuming a lot of people at the campground are like i've never even heard of ultra running like i'm gonna have to watch these crazy folks just run through it you no know? i i tried to explain it to an older couple and they they just weren't grasping it they're like <laughs> so why i'm like well it's just they signed up to do it oh they paid to okay well as long as they're not going to bother me too much I'm like, All right. <laughs> cheer them on like you're gonna see human endurance at its rawest form like right. come on <laughs> you get a free show right outside your tent come on now yeah. that's amazing man that's sweet so yeah broken anvil ultras is this for you i mean obviously right now you're this is your second year but is this something you foresee yourself doing for a while i think so i think as long as it's um fits into my schedule and it's not um a burden which right now it's like something i look forward to yeah um my kids are at the age where that that's it's fun because it's an event we got music and it, i think it'll be cool to bring them up into that so i think as long as the city's cool with it and i keep i think ultra running's only growing i think yeah. it's going to continue um as long as i'm able to do it i'm one one year i'd like to do it myself just to run with them but there ain't no there's no possible way i could because i haven't thought about that i'm like man I'll, I'll run it i'll i'll put down some numbers just to get get everyone going and run and then like now nah, let's wait till next year there's no way i could have done that uh -uh. <laughs> yeah man yeah well one day maybe you'll have somebody step in for a year you know like you might get people that do this every single year and then you're like hey if they don't run it one year, you could be like, Hey, like maybe instead of running it, you can that would be the show neat. and then yeah. I can go out and, and take it on. So that'd be sweet, man. When, uh, when does it come up on ultra sign up? This is what you have to tell me because I'm definitely interested for next year. I don't know. Um, I can't commit fully right now, but you know me, like that's by yeah. my hometown. Like, of course right. that would be a cool place to run through. So do you yeah. know, like what time of year approximately can you sign up? Like app, like you mean after say this one's over? Yeah, yeah. When will it be up? Like where you can find it? Um. Well, last year I, uh, I put it up days after because I was okay. like super pumped. I was like, we're putting it out again. <laughs> uh, adrenaline was still going. So I'll, if it goes like it does this year, I mean, if I got the time, I'll just I'll just probably just start changing everything over right right after it's over within a within a month, I would think okay sweet all right well text me when you do that that's amazing oh for sure sweet man well hey where can people kind of like follow along uh further updates on on your racing but then also broken anvils ultra like if they because i know you know being a backyard ultra you definitely are able to give a lot of like live updates as this happening yeah yeah so i've got a uh, broken anvil ultras uh is at broken anvil ultras on instagram we've got a a fun you know, uh, social media there where, um, 
my brother who's a designer has jumped on board and he's our, the designer which he's he's amazing so it's fun it's fun even if you're not an ultras there's like a little story yeah it, it's fun there's quotes it's it's cool so and that that's also a facebook page um and then for me personally it's across the crick nick on instagram is my personal you know life of nick yes <laughs> the life of nick that's amazing <laughs> i was wondering how you're getting those cool designs all the time like that they are really cool i've noticed that like the broken anvil ultras you'll have different designs every time like whoa how is this happening that's cool yeah, so it's your brother yeah yeah super grateful that he's on board with that he it's if he wants to do something, he's going to do it full. And I, that's how we came, kind of came up with the name. I was like, I don't know what to do. I was actually, I know we're wrapping up here, but this story is brings it all back to why ultras as cool as it was like Laz, um, Gary Cantrell was, yeah. you know, the old backyard guy. He, uh, I reached out to him and thinking, I got, maybe I'll hear from him. Not, I mean, I had full on conversations with him on, on what I should name it, how I should name it. The night actually the race happened, I had some confusion on some rules and he got back to me within an hour no at like way. 10 PM. That's cool. Um, so uh, j just bringing that back, like how much just the community is so close, like with, with him pushing for this, he even emailed me like the other day on how's it looking, you know, like, I mean, that's his baby and that, that's his passion, his love. So um, bringing it back to my brother though, he he's he's not much of a runner but he loves the the uh the design elements and being able to make it like you know like kind of like heavy metal feel like yeah. it's kind of a, a disruption in the ultra world it's just not something you see every day and i'm i'm just so grateful he's willing to do it because he's a busy busy man too out there but yeah. he's uh loaned his time and his skills which is awesome that's amazing man that's amazing well dude nick this has been amazing and I just want to say, I have to talk to you after your 200 miler. Like that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Hopefully this one doesn't, hopefully we get her done, you know, or else yeah. this one would be, it'd be a little strange <laughs> talking about how I wanted to do it. And then it doesn't happen. <laughs> You'll get it done. You'll get it done. That was my confidence in you being like, we'll talk yeah. about it. Cause you're going to crush it, man. But right on. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, dude, let's, uh, let's definitely do another one in the future at some point. Right on Chris. Appreciate it, man. All right. Alrighty, that wraps up this week's show. Uh, huge thanks to Nick. Uh, I will definitely be having him back on the podcast. I really just like chatting with that guy um, and hearing about, you know, kind of where his ambition has taken him in the sport. You know, it's super cool. It's really, I just, I really connect to the idea of trying to spread the love of this and maybe the opportunity to push yourself you know and so when I talk to someone who's gone in and designed their own race uh in a you know a part of the country where ultra running may or may not be and it's not eastern Iowa like it's not like a huge ultra running mecca um but he's out there providing the opportunity to really just experience it like I'm sure people show up they do, they think they're only going to do a few laps and they're probably able to push beyond their limits because they're surrounding themselves with, with these inspiring people who are also, you know, really pushing. Um, so yeah, so that was awesome. He's a great guy. Uh, I'm going back to Iowa this weekend and I am psyched. Uh, I get to go, I'm going to an Iowa football game with my dad. 
which would be yeah, so much fun. Iowa's not having a great season. Their offense can't score a touchdown, seemingly. But I get to go and uh, hang out with my dad at an Iowa football game. And that was something we did all throughout my high school, um, all throughout my college. And it's just a pure joy. And I'm just super lucky that I'm able to do that um, with him. So i um, very excited for that. Uh, but I, I need to, I need to mention this cause I, I don't know how I didn't talk about this last week. Okay. I think I finally have my like quote unquote mountain card, which, which might just mean, well, we'll explain the story first. Does this mean I'm like an official Colorado, 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 uh, if my car was attacked by a bear so if your car is attacked by a bear do they like the locals say like welcome you are one of us or does it mean i'm just a complete absolute moron it's one or the other they're either gonna welcome me or they're gonna be like hey dum-dum don't leave domino's pizza in your car overnight in the mountains because guess what smells super good? Domino's pizza. <laughs> and this might just, maybe I should write Domino's and get like an advertisement deal where I can be like, hi guys, uh, I'm Chris Ward. Domino's pizza smells so good and is just so great that bears will try to bite and claw your bumper to break in to eat the pizza because I, th I think that's 100% I mean, I mean I know that is what happened so we left my car we we did our movie thing in Breckenridge which was amazing I talked about that last week um, and we left I left my car out overnight with pizza in it because we didn't have room in the refrigerator and there was like leftovers and not sure if the bear came then or I drove to a trailhead that next morning and I'm going to be honest on the drive, I was smelling that pizza and I was like, man, that smells really good. Like I should pull over and eat some of this cold gamble pizza that was left in my car overnight that could be seeming seemingly uh, just covered with E. coli and salmonella at this point. Um, and I didn't, but it smelled so good. So I left my car at the trailhead and I can really see like while I'm running on the Colorado trail, like crying because that happened. I was running on the Colorado trail. I stopped. I just like took in the wind blowing through the trees for like 10 minutes and I just started crying. It's, it happened. That's exactly what happened. I'm not, that's, that's not a made up story. Um, felt good. I was in touch with nature and my inner feelings. It was great. Um, I could see like while I was doing that, a bear just trying to like freaking bite. Like there's like teeth marks and claw marks and all that stuff. Just trying to like rip my trunk open, um, which it didn't, but it was trying for sure. And then maybe someone drove in and scared it away or something. Um, but yeah, so now I have a really weird insurance claim to make on my car. Uh, but I will say this, I drove home that night and I got home. And I took the pizza out and I put it in the microwave. And as I was eating that pizza, I felt this moment of triumph over the bear. I was like, in your face, bear, 
I am eating the pizza, not you. And uh, it was it was fantastic. It was so good. Um, speaking of bears, by the way, one of my favorite podcasts. This has made my day. I woke up and I like looked to see what um, what new podcasts were out before my run, like super early in the morning this week. And one of my favorites is the rewatchables by uh, the Ringer podcast and it's all about like the movies you'll watch like a billion times and i looked and they were doing the rewatchables about the edge which is uh i i mean personally it's a terrible like terribly cheesy almost like wilderness movie but it's one of those ones that's so bad that you actually like appreciate it on a deep level. And I love that movie so much. <laughs> and they reviewed it and took it seriously and all that. And it was genius. And I was like, it was an amazing way to start the day. Um, but yeah, so anyways, long story short, you got pizza, you either eat it or you don't leave it in the car where it smells good because bears also like pizza. All right, that wraps up for this week. We will be back at you next week. Also, me talking about The Edge is previewing a podcast that may or may not be in the works. Um, We actually already recorded it. It was Travis Steffen's Ultimate Guide to Adventure Movies. And you know how the sequels never live up to the original? You know, we did the Travis Steffen's Guide to Sports Movies, one of my favorite podcasts. Well, this sequel also doesn't live up to the original. So uh, (laughs) I got some editing to do. (laughs) All right. uh, I'll talk to you later.